Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Joining us today in honor of Father's Day is our summer intern, who also happens to be my son, Aaron. Hello. Today we return to the listener library for a recommendation from our mysterious listener, Diana. Diana writes... I listen to your podcast every night, mainly to hear the after-episode conversation. I have a request. Expectant Father from Nightbeat. I would thoroughly enjoy hearing your conversation about this one. Nightbeat aired on NBC from February 6, 1950 to September 25, 1952. The series followed Chicago newspaper columnist Randy Stone as he searched the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Originally envisioned as a gritty newspaper drama, the pilot starred Edmund O'Brien as Stone and was directed by Bill Rousseau, the man behind shows like Pat Novak for Hire and New Adventures of Michael Shane. NBC felt the pilot's tone was too harsh and brought director Warren Lewis in to revamp the concept. Lewis replaced O'Brien with veteran radio actor Frank Lovejoy. His softer, more compassionate interpretation of Randy Stone convinced NBC to give Nightbeat a chance. Over the course of the series, Lovejoy was joined by an impressive cast of guest performers, including Stacey Harris, Lorene Tuttle, Ben Wright, Harry Bartell, Joan Banks, and as we'll hear in today's story, William Conrad. Randy Stone was a complex character, a misanthrope with a heart of gold. When confronted by injustice, he could be hard and acerbic. When confronted by suffering, he could be tender and kind. When confronted by absurdity, he could crack wise with the best of his hard-boiled peers. For many fans, it's Frank Lovejoy's effortless embodiment of these contradictory traits that makes Nightbeat so appealing. Nightbeat frequently blended genres, using elements of suspense, crime, romance, and even comedy. But the intent was always the same, to create an emotionally charged human interest story. According to author John Dunning, Nightbeat focused as much on people as predicament. This is particularly true of today's episode, which, on the surface at least, falls a little outside this podcast's usual offerings. So let's listen to Expectant Father from Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy and William Conrad. First broadcast, December 28, 1951. It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. NBC presents transcribed Frank Lovejoy in... I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. Now, imagine this scene to yourself. You're sitting at the typewriter in the city room. There's nobody around. You're just finishing a real good yarn about an old lady and how she pioneered in the Middle West. The typewriter's clacking merrily on its way when a guy walks in. A fellow reporter, slightly tipsy, 
Overcoat, tie, collar unfastened, and he flops down beside you. He throws his hat on your desk. And his hair looks like it had just come back from a Florida hurricane. Hello. Ben, you look awful. Peculiar, I feel awful. Ben, what's the trouble? This is Hilda's great moment. Hey, no kidding. I just came for her. Well. Yeah, I wasn't even home. She called the hospital herself. You know, I wouldn't feel so nervous, only nothing like this ever happened to me before. But why aren't you down at the hospital? <laughs> Not for me. All those guys walking the floor, reading magazines upside down, smoking. Besides, I'm a jinx. A jinx? Las Vegas. She was playing blackjack. She was winning. I sat down beside her. She started to lose. I left the table. She came away winners. I better stay away. It's a jinx like me. Oh, that's batty. Having babies is a natural sequence of things. Women and babies. From here on, I'm daddy. Father. Papa. Look at me, Randy. Do I look old enough to be a papa? How long has she been at the hospital? About a half an hour. What are you doing? I'm trying to get out some copy. No, forget it. Four o'clock deadline. So have I. I'll take care of your copy. You go on to the hospital. I'm driving myself crazy. I just came from there. Guys pacing the floor, reading magazines upside down, smoking. Ah, give me another cigarette. This tastes lousy. <laughs> Here. Thanks. Um, listen, come on downstairs to the bar, huh? Uh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, sit down. Thought you wanted to get a drink. No, I, I gotta make a phone call. Can I use your phone? Thanks. Uh, my finger's like a thumb. Seven. Nine. No, I can't dial this thing. All right, give it to me. What's the number? Never mind, I'll get the operator. Hello, operator, get me Anderson 79082, please. Uh, uh, 82, yeah, thanks. You've got a paperclip. Paperclip? Paperclip, paperclip. Well, sure, sure. Hey, uh, what for? Kill me, I like to bend paperclip. Uh, Hello, Dr. Weiss, please. Uh, W-E-I-S-S, Weiss. Uh, thanks. Stupid woman, she's been here for ten years and she doesn't know. Uh, yeah? Give me the floor, nurse. I, I don't know what floor. I wasn't even at the hospital when they brought her in. I, I don't even know the room number. Milton Weiss, Dr. Milton Weiss. What? Not all the staff. Now, look, what's the pitch, lady? You crazy or something? He's not on the step. What hospital is this, huh? Uh. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> the wrong hospital. I, I looked on the hospitals in the phone book. They got little black dots from the names to the number. I guess I must have followed the wrong. All right, all right. Now, calm down, will you? I'll calm down when either I get a drink or a baby. What hospital is she in? Uh, Michael Reese. Give me the phone. Oh, uh, yeah. What was his name? Oh. Never mind, I remember. <laughs> oh, hello. Uh, Dr. Weiss, please. Yes, thank you. Wrong hospital. I've heard of nervous fathers, but I never... Oh, hello. Yes. In delivery. Oh, I see. Uh, I just wanted to report on Mrs. Ben Troy. Please. Oh, I see. Well, thank you. 
Now, they can't ring the room. What do you mean? Well, they can't ring the room. There's no phone calls. That's the order. And Dr. Weiss is in delivery. Well, what's he doing in delivery with Hilda sick like that? Maybe he's in with Hilda. What? Is that what they said? He was in the delivery room with Hilda? Is, is Hilda having a baby? That's not what they said. All they said was they couldn't ring the room, and the doctor is in delivery. Then they're going to come and get you with a jacket if you don't calm down. Uh, uh, let, let's, let's go down for a drink. What are you sitting around for? You're the one who wanted to make a phone call. Don't argue with I'm me. I'm coming. Hey. Yeah. Hand me a paper clip. It was somebody's idea. She wants a family. I, I can't blame her. I want a family, too. I wish I were having a baby. I, I wish we could trade places right now. Have another drink. That's a good suggestion. Hey, Bill. One more over here, huh? Brothers. I give you two to one. It's a boy. That's only even odds. Are you kidding? Well, let me be a sucker. Two to one. That's no deal. Why not? I'm not betting against myself. You boy crazy? You know why I want a boy? So I can keep him out of this business. <laughs> what does Hilda want? Hilda wants a girl. Naturally. They're nice, too. Give me a nickel. You just called. Relax, will you? Relax, relax. So what? So your wife's having a baby. Relax. Take it easy. You're worrying about it isn't going to do any good. If she dies... Don't talk silly. Randy, so help me. If she dies... She won't die. If she dies, so help me, Randy. An hour from now, you'll sit back and laugh about what you're doing right now. Yeah, an hour from now. What time is it? Uh, 10.35. Exactly. 10.36. 10.36. Get yourself loaded. I can't get loaded. I could drink 50 of these and never get loaded. Nothing could load me up right now. Nothing. Randy? Did you ever meet Hilda? Well, once she was down here looking for you, we had a little talk. She's a pretty nice girl, huh? Oh, very. You know how we met? We met on a blind date. I called for her, and we went out, and we stayed out all night, dancing, eating, drinking. I was drunk. I was so drunk, I asked her to marry me. That drunk? I don't mean I wouldn't have asked her to marry me if I weren't sober. I mean, the first night I meet her, and all that, you know? It's a love at first sight. Talk about fast decisions. What do you say? Drink up. Are you trying to get me drunk? Yeah. Okay, I just want to know. You look better already. Randy? Do you realize she could be dead now? Listen. She could have died just a minute ago, 30 seconds ago. And me sitting in a bar getting stiff. Ben. Give me a nickel. Here. Come on. What for? I can't operate the pay funds. It's too complicated. Come on. If she's dead... Will you stop talking like that? You remember the number? No. I'll get information. Hold it, hold it. What for? Well, somebody is using the booth. Oh, that's nerve. All right, let's finish up the drink. Yeah, sauce probably talking to a friend about a woman. And my wife is dying. Your wife isn't dying. Come on. How do you know? Sit down. All I want to know is how do you know she isn't dying? She could be dead right now, and how, how would you know she wasn't? Ben, sit down, will you? You know something, Randy? What? Hilda and I fight sometimes. Oh, everybody has tips. Tips? This was a lot more than a tip. We had a real out and out drag out fight. I, I don't I, I don't mean with fists, with words. Bitternesses were exchanged. I called her names. 
How low can a man get after a woman slaves for you for so long and you, you turn around and you call her every name in the book? Quit beating your breast. It would serve me right if she died. It would serve me right. Dan. Give me a nickel. He's not out of the phone booth yet. Good lost. This is an emergency. Ben, come back If here. he doesn't know an emergency when he sees it. All right. You're tough long enough. Come on, out. All right, Ben. I can't look. Get out of there. This is an emergency. My wife is dying. I, I'm trying to call a hospital. Get out the phone. What's the idea of keeping the phone so long? You're crazy or something? It could be an emergency. All right, all right. You don't need to get excited. Don't need to get excited. Take it easy. Okay, take it easy. He, um... Uh... He's big. Yeah, with one hand, brother. <laughs> you and who else? Bully. He uses his size to lord it over everybody. Yeah. Finish your drink. You're trying to get me drunk. Anything. I'm not going to get drunk. Well, you must have had three before you came to the office. I, I mean, I'm not going to get any drunker. Randy? Uh, that's the name. Make it a boy. <laughs> I'll do my best. You know, I came this close to being on the first string of the football team at school. Some guy beat me up. Oh, he'll be on the first team, though, huh? A backfield man. No lineman. No, not a lineman to get his brains beat up. Maybe it'll be a girl. To marry some slob who can't make a living? Or a millionaire. A rat of a millionaire? A spoiled playboy? Oh, no, not my daughter. Uh, the guy just got out of the phone booth. Oh, give me a nickel. Your pockets are full of my nickels. Well... Come on, I, I need a good diver. I'm coming. Oh, I'm drunk. Hang on. You know, it's the dizziest bar I've ever been in. Well, I'll hold the door. <laughs> Small room. Oh, give me the nickel. Oh, wait a minute. I almost got it. There. Yeah. I'll do it. Where's the dial? Right here. <laughs> Thanks. You're a good guy. How can you see all those blood numbers? I'm remarkable. You better close the door. Come on. It's tough enough, two of us in a phone booth without closing the door. No, wait a minute. Be quiet. I think somebody answered. Hello? What? What, hosp what hospital? Uh, hold the wire a minute. What's the name of the hospital? Michael Reese. Oh, uh, that's what she said, Michael Reese. You check. Hello? Hello? Uh, get me Dr. Weiss, please. Thank you. <laughs> Polite. Oh, swell. I'll see you. Uh, no, no, we'll stick around. It's getting hard to breathe. Quiet, will you? Hello? Hello, doctor? Doctor, this is Ben Troy. I I'm calling about my... What? What? Are, are you kidding? No, say it again. No, I don't believe it. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Well? A drink, quick. Tell me. A boy. Ah, oh, congratulations. Thanks. What's the matter? You look sick. There's one more to go. What? One more to go. One more to go. You mean? Twins. Let's get out of the phone booth. I need a drink. He needs a drink. Twins. That calls for a double. My friend Ben was a new father of twins. 
one twin born, the other on the way. Ben kept ordering one drink after another, and I couldn't find it in my heart to dissuade him. After a while, the bar cleared of all but us and the bartender. What is life? It's a good question. Life is an ebb and a flow. True. I feel philosophic. But don't be philosophic. You're a father. Be proud. Proud of what? A baby I never met? I'm worried about Hilda. Oh, everything is going to be... I shouldn't have done it. Done what? I'm a louse. Well, if you want to sit here and knock yourself out... Randy? Randy, i got to tell you something. If I don't tell somebody, I'm going to go nuts. Well, tell me. Never mind. Okay, forget it. All right, I'm a rat. Does she know? Oh, well, she has an idea. Randy, I... I don't love her. What's that? Say that again? And something else, I'll be frank with you. Why? It sounds terrible, but Randy, I don't want to be a father. I've been talking myself into it, but I don't want to be a father. Well, it does a lot for two people to have a couple of kids around the If house. I wasn't so loaded, I wouldn't be telling you this, you know. Well, spill it out, then. Like I say, Hilda and me, we, we fight. We always fight. Now, that's crazy, because Hilda's a wonderful girl, and when I get away from the house and look at the whole thing objectively, there's nothing to fight about. It's just that we don't get along. No, you don't. You, you think you do, but you don't. And when I have words with Hilda, I want somebody to talk to. So, so I go to this other woman. You see? This other woman? Ben, maybe you better go over to the hospital. No, it's my my conscience is killing me. I I shouldn't have got married. I I never should have done this to her. Give me a smoke, will you? I'll buy another pack. Oh, well, here's a here's a quarter. Oh, save it. I I got to call her. You can't. She's still in the delivery room. Oh yeah. Ben. Yeah. You're all mixed up. I am, huh? Yeah. Expert, huh? Randy Stone, advice to a loved one, huh? Ah, oh, sit down, Ben. People are looking. Well, let them look. Don't get so understanding with me, Buster. See, I'm just the same as you. I got problems, too, so don't get so big and understanding. It's no business of yours. Okay, Ben. The drink's spilling on your shirt. Well, it's my shirt, and let it spill. What do you know about me? Nothing. You haven't got the slightest idea what I feel inside here, do you? No, none at all. I was sitting at my desk trying to write a few words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let me give you a small idea of what I feel deep inside. Now, I want you to get this picture. My wife is always home waiting for me, waiting for me to get home. Got to be home by 6, 6 o'clock on the schnozola. Well, you know, sometimes I don't like to get home by 6 o'clock. Sometimes I like to have a couple of beers and get home later than 6 o'clock. Sit down. I'll stand. If you don't mind. Now, where was I? You were coming home late. Well, sometimes that's what a man wants to do, is come home late. Oh, and she's so smart, this Hilda. This great wife of mine, she's real smart cookie, you know? She knows better than to give me a big lecture, so she just looks at me with a big smile and serves dinner to me. But I know what she's thinking. And she knows I know what she's thinking. And she makes that point. But I can't say anything because she won't argue with me. Uh-huh. You know what? Why? I'm a bachelor type. Well, maybe the boy will make a difference. Thought about a name for him? No. Oh, come on, Ben. Something wrong with me, huh? Now, you're loaded. 
Now, think of a good name for the boy. I'll name him Zilchman. That's a good name, Zilchman Troy. You'll be out playing with the boys, and Hilda will get on the back porch, and she'll scream, Zilchman, supper's ready, Zilchman. My kids will nickname him Zilchie. And in class, the teacher will call the role Zilchman Troy, and the kids will laugh. And in the Army, in the Ninth World War, the surgeon will call out Private Zilchman Troy, front and center. Uh, any good name? Uh, what about Philip? That's too common. Nothing common for my kid. Well, name him after me. Randy Troy? Uh, lousy. Come on. Where to? Hospital, of course. All right, come on. Never mind. I don't need nobody. I can make it. You'll fall flat on your face. I can make it. Okay. See you later. So long. You're hurt, Ben. I slipped. You're all right. I'm drunk. Give me a hand. Yeah. Up you go. Yeah. Well, that floor is deep. And getting deeper. Come on. Zilchman, Zilchman, give me a great big kiss. I'm half crazy over the love of you. Hospitals. Look at the magazines they got in the father's waiting room. Vogue, 1928. Yeah. Hey, Randy, look at that guy. He's nervous. He's biting his nails. Nasty habit. Yeah, give me a cigarette. That's two packs, even. No, I think I'm beginning to sober up. That's good. I feel sicker than before. That's how I know. Good. Randy? Yeah. You hate me. Hate you? You despise me, think ill of me? Well, not particularly. Do you like me? I like you, Ben. I like you, too. Shake. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. You're all right. Thank you. Uh, listen, you, you, you won't tell Hilda anything about what I told you, huh? That's not my job, Ben. Yeah, silence. Mom's away, huh? Well, I'm not keeping your secrets, Ben, and I'm not blabbing them either. That's right. It's very proper. Just stay out of it. Just what I intend to do. Hilda's lovely, isn't she? She's very nice. She's refined, calm, never gets excited. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the house phone. I'm, I'm going to call the doctor. Go to it. Uh, Dr. Weiss, please. Don't you want to light your cigarette? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hello, doctor. How is she? Transfusion. Well, well, doctor, let me... Well, sure, we got the same type of blood. Why not? What? A blood donor. Well, listen, I... Hello? Hello? He hung up on me. How about that? He wouldn't let me give her blood. He said that there was... There's too much alcohol in it. I can't even give my own wife a little blood. Why? Because I'm... Too weak to stay sober. But well, don't worry about it. Ben. We got the same blood, Hilda and me. H4. Or is it R6? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. R6. Well, or something like that. Come on for a walk, Ben. Transfusion. She's dying. Come on. Don't figure that, me. Let me alone. I'm miserable. All right, you win. I wonder who he is. Who? The blood donor. Some guy. I don't like the idea. Why? 
Some strange guy. His blood and my wife. I, I don't want some strange guy's blood and my wife. Van. Yeah. How about some coffee? Randy? Yeah. Randy, I'm going to be different. I'm going to change. You'll see. You'll see a change guy. No more drinking, no more smoking, no more coming home late. I'm... I'm going to make myself over right now. And, uh... About that woman. I'm going to tell her everything. Total confession. Fine. Yes, sir. Now, give me the phone. What for? Don't argue. Give me the phone. Ah. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't a gentleman. Please, Randy, would you mind handing me the phone? Thank you. Pleasure. I'm going to... Which end do I... Oh. Uh, that's going to be hard to do, but it's willpower. From here on, a brand new man. Brand new. Uh, hello, hello, operator. Get me Lincoln 90576. Thank you. You know, I feel different already. I, I suddenly realized, Randy, that I love my wife. <laughs> oh, the truth is wonderful. For the first time in my life, I... Hello? Uh... Oh, hello, my girl. Oh, all right. Uh... No, no, I'm, I'm with a friend of mine. Uh... In the hospital. No, no, I'm all, I'm all right. Yeah. It's uh, my wife. Yeah, you heard me, my wife. Well, I lied to you. I am married. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't blame you if you never saw me again, but I want you to know that I just couldn't go on lying like that to you, and I was... Well, now, wait a minute. I... Now, wait a... Listen, which... Hey, I... She told me to... You heard me? Very good. I feel better. Ben. Yeah. What about the others? What? The rest of them. Well, isn't that enough for one night? You're asking the question. It's enough for one night. You can't do everything in one night. Uh-huh. Okay, give me the phone. It's right there. Operator, give me the YWCA. Quite a boy. Uh, call me a rat. To her is human. You're thinking it. Say it. Then he who was without sin hurled the first stone. I feel better already. You should. You realize what I did? What I sacrificed? I think so. For the sake of a permanent relationship with a good woman? Right. You come home at night, tired, six o'clock. She meets you at the door with a great big kiss, and there's dinner on the table. Rib roast and apple dumplings, and the kids are there, the twins. And you take them in your arms, and you give them a big hug, and you sit down to eat and talk about the day's happenings. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. Yep. Yeah. Better than the Rolling Stone bachelor life. That's the ticket, man. Nah. What's the matter? That's movie marriage. 
All right, what's marriage? I'll tell you what marriage is. You come home at night late, and she meets you at the door, and you say you're late. She pecks you on the cheek, the dinner's cold, the kids are there, and the food's missing in the mouth. Oh, no. I'm trapped, Randy. I can't get out of it now. Before the babies, I could have got out of it, but not now. I'm trapped. I got twins. A baby's in her for the rest of my life. I can't face it, Randy. I can't face it. Then. Yeah. The nurse, she's waving at you. Huh? She wants you. Me? You. Me? Well, well, come on. I'll wait here. No, come on. He followed the nurse to a door. She opened the door and stepped to one side, and he stood there for a moment, looking in. He walked over to the bed. She smiled at him, and two wrinkled, red-skinned babies lay beside her, snuggled close to her cheek, and then stood there. He stared with wonderment. Twins. How about that? Twins. Hey, Randy, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> Not bad, huh? Pretty good, huh? Hey, Hilda. That's okay. That's okay, honey. That's very good. <laughs> Twins. She gave him her hand and he bent down to kiss her. I walked out and closed the door. And I went home. story? No, not by a long shot. That was two years ago. Ben still comes home late. He still likes beer. You can see him around the office teasing the girls we keep around the city room. There are poker nights and stag parties and conventions in the lodge. But if you pass by his desk, you'll see the family portrait. A man and a woman holding a pair of twins. One boy and one girl. My personal opinion? Well, Ben and Hilda are going to be together a long, long time. <laughs> Copy, boy. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis, edited by Larry Marshall. Tonight's transcribed story was written by David Ellis with music by Robert Armbruster. The part of Ben was played by Bill Conrad. Don Rickles speaking. Frank Lovejoy can currently be seen co-starring with Doris Day and Danny Thomas in Warner Brothers' I'll See You in My Dreams. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Saturday morning means Mind Your Manners, the program designed to bring teenagers tips of dating, manners, and morals, and presided over by Alan Ludden, Young America's favorite advisor. Then later enjoy drama on the Somerset Mom Radio Theater. And starting Saturday, January 5th, Vaughn Monroe joins NBC. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That was Expectant Father from Nightbeat here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And we are joined for this Father's Day episode, whether or not we're anywhere near Father's <laughs> Day by the time we post this online. We don't know, but we do know this. At right now, at this date, it's two weeks away, so there's a chance. There's a chance, people, so don't judge us. But because it's Father's Day, we are joined by Joshua English Scrimshaw's son, Aaron English scrimshaw and welcome aaron what jokes lie in the hearts of dads <laughs> i know <laughs> so this is a 
a listener request that fit well with our Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I'd like to point out that uh, somehow in the last three months, welcome to the William Conrad Mysterious <laughs> Listening Podcast Society. Like, what is with all the Conrad? And again, I like to listen and learn later. We've because, hit the mother load in the William Conrad minds. Right? <laughs> I don't like knowing stuff going in because then I get judgy, right? Like, this is considered one of the greatest old-time radio. I don't want to know that. I don't want to know who's in it. I don't want to know nothing. And I didn't catch it was Conrad for a long time. Again, testimony to the man's uh, versatility and range. Like, I, I don't recognize his voice automatically, you know? he's, he's is not his usual character. Yeah, no, exactly. And so uh, I'm just constantly blown away by... Five years ago, I would have said, who, Cannon? And now I'm like, (laughs) all hail William Conrad. Like within five years, I went from a kid who just watched that TV show to realizing what an amazing and versatile and powerful actor he was. And I just didn't know. And now I know. So there you go. Uh, But I am going to take a backseat because I am really curious to see uh, everybody else's reaction first. I don't want to jump out of the gates here. Are you curious or is it one of those times where you didn't like it and you're going to change your opinion based on ours? (laughs) What do you mean one of those times? That's what this podcast is. Me going, saying something and then going, gosh, you're right. I didn't enjoy it, but I am desperately waiting to hear why I should have. Uh, it was, it was a, uh, it was a soap opera. It was a man counseling another man, and <clears throat> so you have no human empathy. I do when I go in. Going, oh, that's what I'm going to watch, listen, or read. I'm not going to read anything, but that's what I'm going to watch or listen to. For example, uh, I accompanied my wife because I'm the greatest husband in the world to the new Downton Abbey movie. I know exactly what I'm getting into. No one says, oh, it's a murder mystery. (laughs) It's a locked room murder mystery. And I go, oh, I'm horribly disappointed. I knew what it was. And consequently, I came out of that going, wow, I didn't think I'd like that as much as I did. I really enjoyed that. I think what I was trying to say is you have an initial expectation. Yeah. Oh, we usually listen to something more suspenseful Mm -hmm. or supernatural or crime-oriented. But once you're inside it, and you've got to realize maybe 10 minutes in that this is a different type of story. And if you don't get carried away by it, then that means you probably didn't like it. It's not just because you expected it to be a different thing. I keep waiting for the end to be like, and here's Godzilla. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I keep waiting for it. That's they a would, very small amount of things that are going to please you if you keep waiting for it, and then it's Godzilla. <laughs> there are some things that will please you greatly, and a lot of things that are not Godzilla. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna agree with Eric on this one. I had to wow. listen to this twice. See how because, that works? No, because the first time, the first time I was being like, this is. I'm listening to this episode for morals. The baby's gonna be like a skeleton baby, or the- ooh. <laughs> ooh, that would have been so, good. I don't know. Like, it took me till the halfway point to be like, nah, it's about this guy finding out he doesn't want to be a dad. And I was like, it's probably going to be the rest of it, huh? And then I had to listen to it again because I'm like, okay, now I wasn't actually appreciating the dialogue as much because I was waiting for something spooky and supernatural to happen. The reason I had Aaron on this podcast is to reveal that he's actually Eric's son. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was about to say, everybody mark this. Episode 261 is where the split occurred and Aaron and Eric went and started their own podcast. (laughs) I will dive in here. Uh, I thought your description of one man counseling another one was generous. 
<laughs> yeah. One of the things that is interesting to me about that is this character, like, are you helping him or are you getting him drunk? Right. Overall, I could uh, appreciate and recognize and enjoy the little character beats, the flow of uh, the character uh, coming to grips and mm-hmm. losing his grip and back and forth. But it was hard for me to enjoy because it was a pure experience of anxiety dream of irresponsible man-child. <laughs> yes. That I'm just feeling that, go to the hospital, find out if she's alive. Right. Oh, right. Just, I can feel my phone buzzing with the, where are you texts? You should be here. Uh, and that is not to reflect on the quality of the story. That is a uh, quality of me. That's a really good point. Like, I think that does reflect the quality of the story. It, back to our original point of like, oh, this doesn't fit our right. podcast. To me, oh, on yeah. the surface, it doesn't. But this is real human anxiety. It was and a what is white more, knuckle experience for me, yeah. What is more suspenseful in any uh, parent's life than that first Child is about to be born. You baby don't know skeleton. what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, see, baby skeleton. <laughs> when your first baby skeleton is born. <laughs> Correct. Don't get me wrong. I think Ben is a louse as he describes himself. And, right. and to me, yeah. some of the difficulty is William Conrad's performance just makes me love this guy in spite of my own personal feelings about him. Yep. And it worked until the coda at the end mm. when Randy sums up the future and how I really didn't like that. Yeah, because like Conrad made me get on board with his transformation and the ending was vague enough that you could go and they did have the Hollywood marriage and they he did change maybe and you can lie to yourself but Randy Stone does not let you lie to yourself anymore. He just says, "Yeah, he was pretty much exactly the same only he had a picture of his <laughs> wife and kids." Oh, coffee boy. Yeah. And then cue the music. Yeah, it was <laughs> I liked it because it was like a still life. You get one look into this guy's entire marriage from one stressed out, weird, drunken evening. It's like the edited version of the Velt where the doctor's like, oh, they'll just need like a a year of therapy and they'll be fine. (laughs) Everything's great. I didn't like the coded just because, yeah, I I know how it's going to go for them. They'll be okay waving my hand in a not-so-okay kind of way. It might crash and burn, they might pull through, but it's not going to be great. You know, you brought up something a few minutes ago, Tim, that always catches me off guard in old-time radio marriages, and that is how much crap men got away with. (laughs) No kidding. Like, again, and I'm with you on the anxiety thing, like, why would you not be there? What do you do? How did you get drunk that night? What are you doing? I can't tell you what happens when the recycling doesn't go out. <laughs> like, what? And I'm not talking about, oh, I'm some kind of a hen-packed, you know, overbearing <laughs> wife. hen husband who has to be president of wife's birthing her child. I'm just talking about <laughs> the idea of partnership and in it together and 100% going through everything with the other person in mind first is not part of the marriage ideal landscape either in old-time radio or of the time, of which I don't know. All I know is from media, right? It It is what I presume was a factual thing at the time, that notion of if you were a man, you just hung out in the waiting room until right. the baby showed up. So they're like, why not go get a drink? I'm doing nothing out here. Even that, 
do nothing out there then in <laughs> yeah. case. And I think that's the point of the script. His job is to be in there pacing <sighs> up and down, reading magazines upside down. Yes. And smoking, by the way. <laughs> smoking <laughs> like a chimney. <laughs> that's the only thing I miss. <laughs> and I would open my magazine and see an ad for cigarettes for pregnant mothers. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that, too. This no, call to mind, uh, I don't know that any of you would have seen it, but I'm a big fan of the comedian Mike Birbiglia. He has a new comedy special, new to me anyways, called The New One. It's about kids, and he really talks about that uh, mother-child sort of inner club to the family that maybe the dad is gets a glimpse at sometimes, but is it becomes it feels like an outsider. I don't know this guy. Say it again. Mike Birbiglia. That's just really fun to say. It is. <laughs> there is a lot that I like about this script that is in a historical context, as well as other parts that I think stand the test of time from just a pure talent and uh, production decision point of view. And I can't think of another script like this that we've discussed in a while that has those almost in an equal measure. I think we've talked a lot about what doesn't stand the test of time. Obviously, fathers are regularly in the delivery room. <laughs> in uh, the building. In the, in the same building, yes. While I do... Sober. Yeah. Are not right. serial cheaters. And to me... <laughs> That's where the character. That was, I'm going to tell the truth. The, the phone call, not the wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the one phone call, as Tim said. It's just to break it to the other woman, other woman, the but one we, other who we thought was the only one, yes. and then it follows up. Can I get the YWCA, please? <laughs> and I couldn't tell if that is. Was that comedic or was that... It was clearly comedic, yeah. but what I was trying to tell is if it was supposed to be a joke within the script that he was just messing with Randy by oh. saying the YWCA, or if he literally just was dating every woman at the YWCA. And he needed a, he <laughs> needed the, a directory. It was the quickest way to get a hold of all of them, that they put him on the loudspeaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took it as like, there is someone in town with no money that I need to speak to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, serial cheater. Yeah. Sorry, Kaboom. <laughs> I'm but so I'm, glad you said Kaboom. I'm, and I'm seeing Captain Crunch on the side. <laughs> I need to call Quisp. <laughs> and to circle back to Randy. Really good job of just ignoring what I'm doing. <laughs> that is... Listen, I'm, I've learned it at home. I, I'm, I'm the intern. I keep the trains running on time. <laughs> uh, so if this episode doesn't air on Father's Day, <laughs> right. now we know. Yeah. You were circling bravely back, though. Before long, this will be my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I do kind of like Randy because at first you're like, oh, that's what a great friend. But yeah, he's kind of not doing yeah. the best job. And the doctor even calls and says, I can't take your blood because you're clearly super drunk. <laughs> and that's Randy's another, like, well, that's one of the best doctors I've heard in an all time radio series. Right? Like, nope. Nope. <laughs> well, and, and we have to assume his first question was, well, how drunk are you? Like, he just presumed immediately. <laughs> right, right. I'm I too think... drunk for blood giving. <laughs> I, I just like Randy's attitude of the silver lining in everything. He's talking to Ben again, and he's like, hey, do you want it to be a boy? Yeah, I want it to, a, to be a boy. What about Hilda? Oh, she wants a girl. Well, naturally, they're nice, too. <laughs> he does keep trying to redirect him, and yeah. that's like the one pop psychology thing he does quite well is redirection toward the drink though is most of the problem (laughs) can we get back to the drinking and i don't know if his long-term goal is to just have him black out for his own (laughs) peace of mind i think he's a ultimately a 
good friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, he got him to call back however many mistresses he had. Yep. And get to the hospital. Yes. <laughs> so this show, Strange Stories Waiting for Him in the Darkness, mm-hmm. is this an outlier of that show? It's something of an outlier, but I brought another night beat to this podcast and I spoke about it last week when we were talking about Frontier Gentlemen and it combined genres. So sometimes there might be a crime episode, which is what I brought originally. Yeah. I think it was episode 150 or something. I can't remember what it was, it was but not. it was not. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Intern, look that up, please. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> right away. Uh, but the point is, it there are many different genres Nightbeat uses. Sometimes it's suspenseful. Sometimes it's comedic. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a romance. There are episodes that are about serial killers. And then there's an episode like this. And to right. me, I like that about Nightbeat. You never know exactly what type of story you're going to get, but it is going to focus on some really human element. It was episode 150. I'm totally wrong. Wow. Whoa. Nice guess. Hmm. That was out of your lower regions. <laughs> then My guessing region. Yes. <laughs> then, forgive me, would you say then it has a quiet, please feel to it? Hmm. I would say yes, in that it is a minimal cast and the story is small stakes. But other than that, I would say it is more representative of this era of 1950s radio that is really attempting to distance itself from 1940s radio, I think, as an Mm -hmm. alternative to television, a place to get mature stories that are about Adults. Drunk guys not being with their wife. <laughs> but yeah, but this is this is a very different portrait from 1951 to the portraits of family in yes. 1950s mm-hmm. television, for example. Right. And so I think that's the thing that it reminds me of. It reminds me more of literature from this era. It kind of reminds me of John Cheever. I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm looking at Eric. I'm going to look at him. John Cheever. <laughs> the, you know Cheever, no. the Chekhov of the suburbs? The, <laughs> no. I He's the helmsman oh, of the suburbs? Oh. Don't look at me next. <laughs> anyway. I'm sure that many people are out there nodding. But uh, he Wait, wrote Chekhov the enormous the radio. Oh, for no. <laughs> I want to know more about Chekhov mowing his lawn. I am mowing my lawn. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to circle back and say, yeah, sure, it's like quiet, please, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I should have just said yes. Goodness. But I'm going to... May s- I borrow lawn more? <laughs> So I hope you two have a good time on your new podcast. (laughs) So I do, before we leave here, want to speak up in defense of this as a piece of, I think, really strong radio production. Because A, I like this louse of a character, and that says a lot about, as I mentioned, William Conrad's performance. He won me over, and I find Frank Lovejoy so charming. But I think it's really impressive. There are two actors in this. And I didn't realize that until I listened to it a second time. There's not a single other voice in here. Mm-mm. And it's just a two-man show, and they have the pace down perfectly. It's funny. It's dark. It's right. stressful, as <laughs> Tim says. And it represents, again, how mature, I think, radio in the 50s becomes. Yeah, it jumps. it's a lot like a stage play. Yeah, it was really well done, top to bottom, for what it was, right? Yeah, I give it all the credit for that. It has a t-shirt I think we need to make. (laughs) I'm so behind on these t-shirts. I know. Do you write them down? No. Okay. (laughs) 
In turn, <laughs> then, you're not, right? then you're not behind on anything. Oh, good. But the line, I'll calm down when I either get a drink or a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Alternative idea. I don't want some strange guy's blood in my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that is just words to live by. Yeah, that's, that's a m- tough T-shirt to wear around. Yeah, though. yeah, that is. That's more like a family crest or something. <laughs> <laughs> family crest going in a circle. That whole statement <laughs> translating like the Latin blood going making a cry. Never mind. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this one, gentlemen? Oh, I'm- there is a perfectly executed old-time radio drunk scene in here it's when ben decides he's gonna get up and go and (laughs) conrad moves off mic and you hear him take down a table or two and then (laughs) which is the you hurt ben i slipped (laughs) you all right i'm drunk (laughs) it's just gold or when you realize suddenly in that moment that randy has actually climbed into the phone booth with <laughs> yes, Ben. Yes. And it's a sober guy trying to help a drunk guy make a phone call to his wife to find out that she's having <laughs> twins. And I just think that kind of uh, guy comedy is what makes this magical, but also is dated and can turn you off at the same time. Right. <laughs> it, it has the strength and weaknesses just embedded in it, and you can't really separate them. Mm-hmm. I really liked this. It was not what I was expecting, but by the end, I was really glad there weren't any skeleton babies or whatever else Godzilla's. Mm, I need a new podcast. Yeah. (laughs) That's that opportunity blown. Is it Godzilla? I got to contact our patrons and cancel it. For Father's Day, though, Aaron, what did it make you feel or think about your own father? Anything? Any thoughts on your own dad that... You want to share with us? Are we going to vote Day? on my? <laughs> yes, we are. What, fatherhood. Where were you on the night of May sixth, two thousand? I was in the hospital. I was in the room when you were born. Afterwards, I did take off and do a show. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Yes. What show? Oh, an old comedy variety show that I used to do with my brother and. Tim, Tim called Look Ma No Pants. That's, it was a Look Ma No Pants show. And ironically, oh, my cool. own mother was in the show because it was our Mother's Day show uh, along with other cast members' moms. So, so there's you, a. Just high five Adrian and run out? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> One of the gags in this show uh, was that we were going to open the show with an inappropriate sketch in which my mother comes out and shames us for doing this inappropriate sketch and offers the audience cookies. The cookies she offers them, oblivious to this fact, are all cookies that have been made to look like a phallus. So she is handing out these penis cookies. So that's our <laughs> late night comedy joke. But what happened is that Adrian had to stay home, my wife, because she couldn't work anymore because she was overdue with this boy. And so she said, I'll just stay home and barefoot and pregnant and make penis cookies. <laughs> Which is what she was doing when Aaron went in, uh, when Aaron uh, started saying, I want out. So, yep, she stayed home through a, about 24 hours of labor making those cookies. And then we went to the hospital for another almost 24 hours. And then I went to the show. That's a great story. And then you went home or did you get drunk? I don't yeah. think I drank that night. Because I had to actually drive back to the hospital and I didn't have a driver's license yet. So it just, the story gets worse and worse. So, so who had to call all your mistresses at the YWCA? <laughs> How many people at the Bryant Lake Bowl did you see? Yeah. 
they still need a call. I owe a lot of people <laughs> yeah. a call. For but those yeah. listeners who are not from this area, the Bryant Lake Bowl is a theater it's with a bowling a alley. It's a theater bowling alley. The really, really soundproof door. <laughs> All right. As long as I have established my uh, credentials as a father, we should vote. Yeah, it was it was good for what it was. Uh, and nothing that I would have chosen and having listened to it doesn't do much for me. But in that genre, I think it's great. I think it even stands the test of time for a certain amount of things, meaning uh, I think the production value and I think that the acting is of standard. But I did not uh, particularly find myself enthralled by anything. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, I, I agree with you, only I'll say it in a more enthusiastic tone. That I think it stands the test of time. It's outstanding script, outstanding performances. Um, there are a few facets of the uh, the script that are dated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that doesn't make the whole story uh, unappreciable. Appreciable. What have you been drinking? (laughs) (laughs) My wife is in labor. (laughs) Uh, No. Um, But it is a fine piece of writing and a fine piece of performance. And uh, if it were not for the fact that it made me so anxious. Right, right. uh, I think I would have just been basking in its craft. Yeah, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I think this is a classic that does not stand the test of time (laughs) i think it is a classic of nightbeat these two great radio voices just paired perfectly and they take dated material and the charm of their performance makes me forgive the lousiness particularly of the William Conrad character. Because in my ideal world, the happy ending for this is that Ben dies of alcohol poisoning <laughs> and Hilda and the twins get to live a happy life on his life insurance policy. Right, right. The end. I'm sure they would be much happier. Uh, or, but Mary, or Mary Randy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, one or the other. And so that's my intellectual response to it. As artists, they trick me into enjoying something that I don't agree with philosophically. So... Kudos to them. Yeah, I would have to agree on that score. I think it's still very interesting to listen to, even though it's a very different time. It's always hard for me to say what's a classic because I just I don't think I've heard enough radio. But what I've been trying to remember this entire podcast, <laughs> we guys it, declare things. Yeah, <laughs> to it's been driving me crazy. I couldn't think of the name of it this whole podcast, and I just remembered. But this is essentially the male side or male version of the one act play Trifles. If anyone's familiar with that. Published in 1916 by Susan like Glassbell. God, it's, uh, does not I fall far. References. <laughs> no, Look but, at these two. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's to say it really quickly. Trifles is about two women. All the other men are absent for most of the show, except for the beginning, and they are discussing this. The some other lady who we don't see. Very like how there are only two guys in the bar discussing this other lady who murdered her husband. But it's about. All of the men around them ignoring them. So trifles is about this woman whose husband is in labor. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, but uh, that's what I'm I, imagining. So I really enjoyed it, and glad there weren't skeleton babies. But the next thing better be skeleton babies. <laughs> I, oh, not doing this again. Preach. <laughs> I, I had one last thought. Uh, like their blood types were very different back then. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Like that might have R19, been R nineteen, whatever it was. Maybe William Conrad was improvising. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, tell him stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com, home of this podcast. There's many other episodes there, like 
Episode 150, another episode of Nightbeat. Just know that off the top of my head now. Um, you can also vote in polls to let us know what you think. Leave comments, send us messages. Uh, we do like and hearing what your opinions are. No, really. And uh, you can also link to our social media pages. You can buy some swag at our Threadless store. And you can join us through Patreon. Yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash the morals and support this podcast. It's a great time to become a member of the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society because we, at this point, have at least, probably more, but I'm going to say for sure, 50, probably closer to 60 bonus podcast episodes of some kind all ready to be consumed bring your voracious podcast appetite to patreon.com slash the morals also bring some money and you can listen to them all and if uh, you would like to hear more uh, of our father and son team uh, we also have a bonus podcast on there with me and Aaron discussing fear on four Eric you might like it yeah thanks Yoko <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and speaking of being a Patreon, thank you so much, Diana, for your recommendation for this podcast mm-hmm. as well. If you'd like to see us performing our uh, audio dramas, we are a theater company as well. The Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society does live stage work of reenactments of old-time radio shows, classic ones, and a lot of our own original audio drama as well. You can go to MysteriousOldRadioListeningSociety.com or preferably GhoulishDelights.com. It's more updated than mine, uh, that one. Uh, But that's where you find out where we're performing monthly and what shows we're performing and where. And if you can come see us, great. If you can't, you can still get a ticket and watch us online, and you don't even have to watch it that night. You can get a ticket and watch it online at your leisure ghoulishdelights.com to see us performing live alright what is coming up next next we'll be listening to an episode of suspense entitled never follow a banjo act until then you cannot build a fence that the fence is in my yard (laughs) fence is in my yard no fence check off of the suburbs oh it's Really good when you explain your joke afterwards. <laughs> That's a one act. All the best impressionists do that. <laughs> a one act called Chekhov of the Suburbs. No. Trifles. No. The funniest part of this is I'm going to just edit it all no. out. <laughs> no. No. I'm going to just release this as a 20 second podcast. <laughs> it's been longer than 20 seconds now. <laughs> Skeleton babies. <laughs>